Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. a little bit we remember the story on the book of Ruth and Naomi if you've read the Bible you've read Ruth if you've been in church any time at all you've read about Ruth and uh, been taught from Ruth it's uh, a passage of scripture that's been used many different ways and for many different messages but when you read the book of Ruth you will find out that the setting of it is that a famine is breaking out in Bethlehem and Emelech and his wife and their two sons are moving to Moab for survival. The famine that has come to Bethlehem has come to the land. It uproots them, and they leave their home, their surroundings, their families, and their friends. They leave. Isn't that a strange time to leave in the middle of the family? But they went for survival. They took their family, and they left so that they could survive. At the time of famine, in Moab, God begins to orchestrate some things that will later on affect their future. And I want to speak to you this morning that nothing just happens. And there are people sitting in this congregation today that have been in a spiritual, natural, and emotional famine. There are different kinds of famine. We can try to pretend it doesn't happen, but you read the Word of God and it's always been happening because there is seed time and there is harvest. There are seasons, there is spring, and there is summer, and there is autumn. And there is winter time. That is the way that it happens. We are set up on a cycle of seasons of our life. We become as an infant, and then we become a child, and then we become a young adult, and then we become an older adult. There is seasons of our life. Every season has its time and its place. And so there is, in the natural, there are those. There were times, many times of famine that broke out. And we look across our land today. We can look anywhere in the world, and you will see uh, that there are areas of famine. There may be a country sitting right next to a country that is in famine. There may be a country sitting right by it that is prospering in some way or the other. They don't have the means that they need. And so people will get from that land and try to go get a job, try to survive in another. And this is what happened. Well, God began to orchestrate some things that is going to affect the future of Ruth and Naomi and Orpah. And the word of God says that in the process of time, these two young men that belonged to Naomi and to Imelech, uh, they found two Moabite women and they married them. They were in Moab because that's where they had ran to escape from, from the famine. And, uh, these two ladies were called Orpah and Ruth. The future was set into motion by the present. And then without warning, bad things began to happen. It was a happy day when these young men took their brides. It was a happy day for mom and for dad, even though it wouldn't have been exactly maybe they would rather they had gotten their brides out of Bethlehem. Maybe they would have rather that would have been the way that it was. But they were in Moab. This was where life was at right now. This was where it was happening at. And so life began, and they began to go on. The famine was behind them, and here they 
were in the present. And uh, in the present, all of a sudden, bad things begin to happen without warning. Naomi loses her companion. She loses her husband. And all of a sudden, that which had been happy, the famine had been bad, but here they were, and things were looking better. And, and she finds herself sleeping alone, getting up in the mornings, missing his touch, missing his warmth. And life was just getting worse for Naomi. Here we just come out of that land, that famine, and here we are. And I see the blessings of the Lord upon our lives. And all of a sudden, something happens that was unexpected. She lost her husband. But it wasn't too long before we know that Naomi gets the news that both of her sons are dead. As we get older, we learn and we understand the possibility that the death do us part, that sooner or later at 101, either Pastor and I, one of us is going to go first. I'm not sure, but one of us will be left without our mate. We know that when it, our vows said, till death do us part, but if there's anything that's going to break a mother's heart and take the gleam out of her eye and take the smile off of her face is to look down into the casket and see the remains of her own child that she once nursed, once she held in her arms, is dead. And we have mothers that are in this room that have experienced this pain. I cannot imagine because I have not put a child in the grave. I haven't been where you've been. I haven't felt that pain. I may have felt pains that you haven't felt, but that pain I have not experienced. But I cannot imagine the pain that Ruth, that Naomi was feeling, and then Ruth, and then Orpah, the wives. But here she was. She moved from famine into a place that had some promise in it. And she, these two sons that she loved had a wife but now all of a sudden not one child but two and I am sure that all the joy was squeezed out of her she said I have dealt with famine I could handle leaving my home and I could handle leaving my country I had my husband and my children but now I am empty this is how she felt this is what it looked like this was that day there are those days. There are those times. And come on, we're real human beings. And it's time that we get real and be real human beings. But thank God, we have something past a day and a time of famine and loss and heartbreak that we have that God sees in the future that we can't possibly see. The famine that I went through What's nothing compared to what I'm going through now is their thoughts. Fam famine all of a sudden seems insignificant in comparison to what has happened. Sometimes, you know, in life we find ourselves whining about things that don't really matter. Upset about things that don't really make a difference. We learn if we will learn how to count our blessings and thank God for what he's done in our life. We need to, in the midst of our famine, in the midst of our situations, we need to stop and begin to count the goodness of God, the richness of God in our life, what he has done. Because when we begin to say, God, I know that it's hard right now, but I see where you brought me from. Yeah, there was famine in that land, and you put us into a place that had plenty. And yes, I understand and I see that things are bad right now, but you brought me from famine to this place. And yes, it's not real good I don't really like it but I know that you've got a good future for me 
Because if we will learn to count our blessings, and Thanksgiving is a time where we stop and we pause and we say, God, you've been so good to me. I'm so thankful. We should do it every day of our life, but I thank God that we have a Thanksgiving weekend coming up. I thank God that we have a week where we stop and we pause and we look around and we look at our children and we look at the goodness of God, where we've been from last year to this year. And all maybe this year is worse than last year, but I want to tell you that God, nothing just happens. He is planning things good for our future, no matter where you're at today. The famine and the moving was nothing compared to losing husband and children. Life will handle, hand you trouble and problems, but nothing just happens. We need to remember in his word that where he says what the devil has meant for bad, God says, I can take it if you'll let me, and I can turn it around for your good. I can make something good come out of this. I'm going to get the glory, and I'm going to get the praise, and you will get up in the morning time again without the pit of your stomach sick. You will get up again with hope. You know, there's days when you get up. I've been there many times in my life where I thought, God, I don't even know what to think about today. I don't even know what's going to happen together today, but you still might. My God, you're still on the throne. I love you. And there'll become a time where you'll get up and you won't feel that sick, sick feeling at the pit of your stomach. And you'll say, thank you, Lord. I know you've got a good plan for my life. There came a time of separation when Naomi says to them, I'm, come, I'm going back home. I have no reason to stay here. For my life as I knew it is over. I may as well go back to Bethlehem. Don't call me Naomi anymore because Naomi means my joy and I'm not happy anymore. Have you ever experienced life when you say life as I knew it is over? She was saying, just call me Mara because I'm a woman full of bitterness, sorrow, and pain. On this day, that's all she felt. That was very real facts to her. These three women, they huddled together. They'd gone through great pain, and they understood what each other had gone through. They cried, and they grieved together. You know, the scriptures, we don't want to we, we think about this too much, and you think, what are you preaching this message? Because this is a th good Thanksgiving message. It's a real good one. Weep with them that weep, and rejoice with them that rejoice. Do you know it takes a real friend to reap with you, to weep with you? But it takes a really, really good friend to be happy for you when God blesses you and they're still waiting for their breakthrough. We need to learn how to be really good friends. These three women, they wrapped their arms around each other, probably with tears running down their cheeks because of the problems that none of them can fix. Have you ever just wept with a friend? You didn't even know what to, to say to them except that I love you and I know God loves you. All I know is what his word says. All I can tell you is what the promises of the word say right now. And I, have you ever been in that place where you think if somebody tells me one more word? Anybody ever been there? Because we know what they are. But yet you've got to get that word out of your mouth because it's, it's alive. It's, it, it's, it's like a two-edged sword. It will cut asunder the situations that are going on in our life. And I have found that it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I better hang on to something if it's just all is well. Like the Shunammite woman, I'm on my way to my provision. I'm on my way to my answer. Get a word coming out of your mouth because it's the word of God that will bring our deliverance in our life. Naomi says, I'm going back home. And Orpah says, I'm going back to Moab. Orpah turns and walks away. And this is a really important, critical part of the story. 
Who goes and who stays has everything to do with your story. Watch those who are loyal when things are in array. And watch who goes and watch who stays. It's very important in your life. It's really important. Orpah loved Naomi, but she could leave her. She could walk away. There are folks who love you, but they can leave you. And Pastor and I have learned something, and we want to tell you this. When people love you, but they can leave you, don't stop them. Let them walk. Because there's a, we don't hear much about Orpah. But I believe that her life took another direction. She loved Naomi, but that was as far as her journey went in that story. 1 John 2 and 19 says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For had they been with us, they would no doubt have continued with us. They went out that they might be manifest, that they were not all of us. Another translation, the Living Bible said, These people used to be members of a church, but they never really belonged with us, or else they would have stayed. When they left, it proved that they were not of us at all. Orpah left Naomi because she could, because she really wasn't joined to her. But they're really joined to you. They could try to leave, but they know that their destiny is tied to you. Naomi and Ruth's destiny was tied with each other. There are people in our lives that are tied to each other because we need each other to get where we need to get next. And there's a reason for it. They couldn't leave each other because they were connected. There are some here that can't leave this ministry because they are connected to us. They're not happy apart from us. There, there are those in your family or in your situations they are connected to you because they are part of you we need to kiss Orpah goodbye and let them go it's not that she's a bad person it's not that anyone that leaves it's just that their destiny was is not tied Orpah's destiny was not tied to to uh, Naomi but Ruth when she looked at her mother-in-law going one way and her sister-in-law going another way she has a decision to make I am connected to this woman. Or am I connected to this one? I'm connected to this woman. And she said, as the Lord lives, I shall not leave you. Wherever you live, I shall live. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you eat, I will eat. And wherever you die, I will die, and your people shall be my people, and your God shall be my God. She says, I don't even understand where we're going, because remember, she didn't come from where Naomi came from. I don't really understand, but I'm going to go with you. I've never been there before, but I'm going to take the risk, and I'm going to go. Naomi, your story will never be able to be written without me. That's what Ruth was saying that day. I'm going to be part of your life, your ministry. We're going to spend it together. God is behind the curtain of life orchestrating our future because nothing just happened. Remember when Jonah told was told by God to go to Nineveh and he jumped a, a boat and he went to, instead to Tarshish and a storm arose and they had to throw Jonah overboard into the sea. Oh, nothing just happens. Uh, people, even when the prophet Jonah messed up and disobeyed God and went the opposite way God had told him to, we've all been there, we've all done that, but God had a fish prepared for him. 
And, and even when I make a mistake, God has a fish waiting in my life to cause me to take some inflection, causing me to look at myself and see what are you doing and what are you going to do? Are you going to come out obedient this time? Are you going to do what I said you should do? And we wonder sometimes, God, why am I in this big sticky mess? And God has spoken and he said, you weren't listening to me. You did your own thing and I am getting your attention right now. He went the wrong way, but God had a plan for his life. God sustained Jonah for three days, and on the third day, the backslidden, rebellious, disconnected preacher comes up out of the water, and generations later, Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, and so what has Shall the Son of Man be in the grave? Nothing just happens. It was a story that tells us disobedient people can get off track, and every one of us have been that disobedient person that has got off track at some time in our life. But Jesus was using it as a, an example that said, for three days, and then the Son of Man be in the grave. God already knows we are going to mess up. He knows when, and I believe he has a fish set up for us. He has a setup for a comeback for every person in here. God can take your messes and turn into a message, into a setup, because it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Nothing just happens because nothing is impossible for God. If God is for us, then nothing can be successful against us. Think of the biggest problem that you've ever had in your life, and remember that nothing just happens. It may look the worst, and it can't be put back together again again. Some have lived in unspeakable shame in their life. If they could go back and they could undo and not do the things that they've done and hurt the people that they've hurt, they would do that, but they can't do that. They can't undo it. But God still has uh, uh, he still has a way to take our message and bring us into a land of plenty. Think about the greatest financial crisis that you've ever been through. Well, just know that nothing just happens. God's already got a plan in our future. Whatever has happened in the past and we've got through it, it is uh, totally something that in the future we're going to praise God for, for getting us through it. Think about the worst scandal you've ever lived through. Nothing just happens. Think about the people who said they loved you and walked out and left you. Nothing just happens. Think about the betrayals in your life. Nothing just happens. Think about the struggles that's going on right now in your local churches. Nothing just happens. Think about all the lies that's been told on you and on your family. Nothing just happens. Whatever the devil is trying to throw against you, God is already in your future. I'm so glad that he's in my tomorrow. He says, don't worry about tomorrow because I've already got it. Take no thought about it because in tomorrow I've got the answer that you need. And today my grace is sufficient for you. When Ruth went with Naomi back to her homeland, little by little, their future began to unfold, little by little. Didn't look so good at first, but it was Naomi's kin that had a field that Ruth gleaned in. Ruth found favor with Boaz. God provided provision for Ruth and Naomi. Nothing just happened. We started in the land of Moab where they were wet because famine was in Bethlehem. And then we end up going back to Bethlehem. A bitter time that Naomi and Ruth had gone through didn't stop destiny from happening. 
Remember that. Bitter times do not stop us from destiny, God's good plan from happening in our life. Ruth 4, 13 through 17. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. Then he went to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. And I want you to listen to this. This is so important. Naomi, the bitter, bitter woman that wanted to be called Mara, because Mara meant pain and bitterness and sorrow. The women said to, to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord who this day has not, has not left you without a kinsman redeemer. He, in other words, you've been redeemed from all that back there. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and is better, how can God possibly give you something better? That's our thought. How can God possibly give me something better? But this is the word of God. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Naomi took the child and laid him on her, her lap and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son. God can fill a void. I don't know how he can do it, and he can give us such peace that we can't even understand it. He gave her a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse and the father of David. And along came Jesus. All started way back when, famine. See, don't be afraid of famines in our land. Famine. God, you got a good plan for the future. You may be at a crossroad today. Not everyone that was part of your past is going into the future with you. Saying goodbye hurts, but God is already into our future. He is a field for you to harvest. Don't continue to grieve over what isn't. Learn to trust and celebrate those who choose to stay and walk with you. Come on. Church, we can't camp out on crossroad partings. As a church or as an individuals, we lock arms and we lock our hearts with those God has allowed to walk this part of our journey with. As a nation and as a church and as Christians, our faith is under fire or it's going through fire. It's not a bad thing. It's a normal thing. <laughs> Read the word of God. It happened all the time. What do we do? What do we do when our faith's under fire? What do we do when we're going through the fire? The three Hebrew children landed in the fire. If you throw us in, we're still not going to deny. If you throw us in, whether we live or die, it's going to be okay. The fourth man came in the mist, and he will always show up in the mist. Storms are going to come in, but he's our security. He has given us 1,200 promises in his word, and he cannot and he will not lie. That's a lot. Promises of God. Speak the word of God out of your mouth over your situation. Pastor and I, and, and uh, I know uh, Sarah has and several different ones, uh, we have in our phones and in our iPad, we, I have word nuggets number one. Those, those are my fighting scriptures. Those are my scriptures that I get out when I feel the enemy compressing around. And I'll read and speak out those. Then I got word nuggets number two. And then I got word numbers, uh, nuggets number three and number four. Number three is on healing. Number four is on finances. And, and, but get some word nuggets and speak the word of God out of your mouth. We've been doing this for a long time. Keep the scriptures. You can write it on a paper or whatever, but pull it out. It's a sword. Pull it out and use those, those words and, and, and say, God, this is what your word said. Devil, do you hear? what the word of the Lord is saying over the situation. We use what the word of God says. Nothing just happens. 
We have to learn to wait for the promises to come to pass. Nothing just happens because he has a good plan. None, though none go with me, still I will follow because I have decided to follow Jesus a long, long time ago. Number two, we need to rally in prayer and agreement with those who are walking with us. And I, we've said this over and over again, but pray with your wives. If you want to be the spiritual head of your family, you know, there's been a lot of, lot of controversy over submission. And I believe a wife is to respect, to honor, and to be submissive to her husband. I'll never, ever back down off of that. But I believe that as the head of the house, he's responsible to cover me and to pray for our household and to pray for our children. There's nothing that blesses me anymore when my husband said, let's pray. And he put, takes my hand or he puts his arm around me or we're laying in bed or whatever. And he prays with me. He covers our household. He covers me. Men, stand up and be the men that God has called you to be. Pray for your household. If there's junk going on in your house, get the oil and begin to anoint the door frames and begin to kick the devil out of your house. We need some men and women that are going to stand up and say, no devil, enough is enough. Nothing just happens. We need to take our stands and look forward. Number three, we have to stay committed to his call for a life. Esther said, if I live, I live. If I die, I die. But could it be that I was born for such a time as this? And that's the attitude that we need to have in life. Could it be, God, that I'm born for such a time as this? May we be a people of action. And Ruth, who chose to follow Naomi, sprang into action. We have to be people of action. Ruth 2, 2 and 3. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. I love a group of people in a church that will say, Let me do this. Let me help out. Let me do what I can. I might be able to lift where you can't lift. I might be able to financially give where somebody else can't give. Let me make that. Let me get the supplies. Let me do something. Ruth said, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose favor eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her daughter, go ahead, my daughter. She went out and began to gleam the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in the field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Imelech. Nothing just happens. She lost a husband, too. Come on now. Ruth had sorrow, too. Not just Naomi. All of us. Everybody around has sorrow. But when we make it work together, because he turns our sorrow into joy. Number five, may we be a people that has continuity. We are steadfast in the word and in his purpose for our life. We will not let his word depart from our hearts and from our mouth. But nothing just happens. It's how we finish that counts. It was at the very important crossroad of Naomi and Ruth's life that changed the course of their lives, even ours today. If I had, in my life, taken on the name of Mara, bitterness, sorrow, and pain, I would not be here today. I would not be preaching and teaching around the world the open doors that God has given me. I stand back every time, and I'm like, oh, God, you, you're amazing. He's a future planner. He's a future planner. We can't plan what he can plan. He puts gifts inside of us, and we wonder how in the world is he going to do it. But we have a lot of choices to make along the way. Naomi found her place, and we all, I found my place at that place of Mara. 
I found my place at the crossroads of bitterness and sorrow and pain. But I had to make a choice, and so do you, because if we choose to stay in Mara and in that attitude, we cannot see what God's got for us next. And I would encourage you, please don't take on that name. Mara has knocked on my door many times, but I had, I've had to choose to let the seed of my life and what I thought it looked like fly, fall to the ground and die. Even being here at 32 and a half years at Solid Rock, Mara has tried to rename me bitterness, sorrow, and pain to make me a victim, to make me feel bitter. But I have tr- chosen to trust him with my life. John 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds, my will or his will. Because if my will dies and his will produces, it will produce many, many seeds. After all, it's my life to live and his story to tell because nothing just happens. Nick, would you come? In fact, praise and worship team will you come I don't know where you're at in your life today everybody's at different places some of you may have come through famine and it's pretty good right now you know we all have seasons but wherever you're at encourage someone else wherever you're at get hold of somebody's hand and encourage them that the future is bright. The future is good if we'll put it in the hands of the Lord. Don't listen to those that want to knock everything or those that want to pull you down and tell you what you're not doing. If you can't encourage me, just don't say anything. If you don't have an encouraging word, don't say it because I might tell you I don't want to listen. See, when you get older, you can say those things. When we're younger, we can do that. We're afraid we hurt your feelings. Now I know you love me, even if I hurt your feelings. Because you know me, I wouldn't do it intentionally for anything in the world. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Father, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you today, maybe they're living in barrenness, maybe they're living in a land of famine, We don't know where each individual's at. But God, let them see the picture that you see of the future, that you've got a good, good plan. And we're going to follow you. And we're going to trust you because you are our Father, you are our God, and you've got what we all need. And that's you, Jesus. Thank you for joining us today at At the Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at darlenesolidrock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At the Table. You can also check us out at darlenerhodes.org. Also at wawministries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.